0: Today we have a great story of someone embarrassing their dad's awful wife. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, I cleaned the toilet with my husband's toothbrush. I'm not sure if this is petty revenge or not, but it was petty, and it feels like revenge. Edit, this happened years ago, and if the same scenario ever happened again, I would never have allowed it to continue the way it did. I was frustrated and upset and at the time, felt like his own actions caused this. So my husband can be, and often is, a jerk. He often makes assumptions about my actions, usually negative assumptions, so the bathroom was pretty gross, and so I decided I was going to spring clean the bathroom, and I'm meaning toothbrush cleaning cracks and crevices. Usually I have a few old cleaning toothbrushes, but they were missing. No biggie I thought, I'll just use my husband's old flattened gross looking toothbrush, I'd already bought him a brand new one a few days prior, so I thought it was time to downgrade his toothbrush, so that's what I did. I used that toothbrush in all sorts of gross spaces. I just happened to be rinsing his toothbrush out after having cleaned the toilet when he came into the room. He got really angry and asked me why I had his toothbrush in my hand. I was like, well, I bought you a new... He interrupted and yelled, put it back. I tried to persist in explaining and said, but I... He said, that's my toothbrush. I said, well, yes, I know, but I... He said, put it back. I said, I mean, I would put it back, but I... He said, that's my toothbrush. Don't touch my toothbrush. I said, yeah, well, I mean, but I... Put it back. By this point, I was flustered, upset, and angry. Like, why can't he just let me explain? I already bought him a new brush. I already used this one on the floor, bathtub, sink, and toilet. But every time I tried to tell him this, he would interrupt. Frankly, I'd already told him on multiple occasions to please let me at least tell him what I was doing and to please stop interrupting me and never letting me get a word in. I could have yelled and interrupted him like he kept doing to me, but instead I gave him what he wanted. And I was like, okay, fine. I put his toothbrush back and walked out. Freak him. He got what he asked for. Plus, I don't understand why he acted that way. If the roles were reversed and I walked in with him rinsing my toothbrush, I would have asked, what are you doing with my toothbrush? And then I would have listened to his answer and when he said, oh, I got you a new toothbrush, I used this old one to clean, I then would have said, oh, okay, thanks for getting me a new toothbrush, and that would have been the end of it. But no, he just can't seem to treat me kindly. So yeah, I could have persisted and told him, but his seemingly irrational anger made me feel some sort of way and I just felt like, freak you, enjoy your toilet toothbrush. I think it would have grossed me out personally enough to the level that I would have fought enough to just explain. Unless you're a fan of swapping spit with the toilet, let me get my words in. That said, I don't think I could ever imagine this scenario happening to me, because I went and ponied up for one of those fancy, knocks all the plaque off in one second with vibrations type of automatic toothbrush that literally sits on a charging dock. Honestly, they do work so well though that I question why anybody's still using an old school one. Also hi, I'm Steven and if you guys enjoy awesome stories of revenge, why to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below. That said, our next story is, I'm sorry for having a brain disorder. This happened when I was 20. At the time I was living with my ex and he thought it was perfectly acceptable to invite his ex-girlfriend into our home without telling me, because they had some catching up to do or whatever. I was not and still am not a confrontational person, although I try to stand up for myself a bit more now anyway this girl comes in while i'm in my sweaty pjs after housework my hair in a bun and her and my boyfriend at the time are on the couch first strike he offers her a cup of tea but ignores me second strike he makes her a cigarette but ignores me third strike he continually cuts me off and focuses only on what this girl is saying then he goes to the kitchen and i try to make small talk i ask her about herself and if she works or is a student or a homemaker i'm polite and smiling And what does this bench do? She shushes me. She actually puts her finger to her lips and says, shush, in my own home. So I sit back and I'm trying to breathe. My jaw is clenched and my eye is twitching and out walks my ex oblivious to everything. She goes up to the bathroom and while my ex is staring out the window, stoned out of his mind, I put my cigarette ash into her open bag. I mean, I accidentally knocked the ashtray into her handbag as my arm ticks out. I have Tourette's and it was 100% an accident, but subconsciously. Thank you, Tourette's. Oh, it sure is a shame that OP accidentally knocked that over via their Tourette's and also just happened to have a slip of the mind in mentioning it. I would love nothing more if this person didn't realize what happened. Got home, opened their bag and was like, why is everything so ashy? Our next story is... So you think you can invade my personal space? So every day when I come back from college I take the bus home since I don't have a car and anyways the bus isn't so bad in my town. Well actually it is kinda bad but it works for my college. However the bus doesn't come that much so most of the time it's really full after a few stops and I have to sit next to someone I don't know. But that's life and I'm used to it so I don't really care now what i really don't like is when someone sits next to me and takes way more space than the seat they have and kind of sit on my seats especially since the seats aren't that big when that happens i find myself stuck into a very small space between the person and the wall and it's uncomfortable but i can usually take it and i'm not that big so it's not that hard to squeeze in however today someone really went too far the bus was full so he came and sat next to me but when he did He took all his place and about half of mine i couldn't move my legs and i was way too close to him with a bit of fighting back i could get some space back but i still didn't have much this could have ended here but then the guy fell asleep and that's when the problem really started while he was asleep his head kept falling and resting on my shoulder i pushed him back a few times but he would always come back now for context of the revenge i'm a big fan of pink floyd They have a song called Echoes that has a section of very high-pitched noises. Looks like Halloween sounds in the middle of the song. I was listening to it, and I had an idea. When the part arrived, I turned my volume to max level and put my phone near his face. Then, when he fell on me again, I turned off my headphones, making the high-pitched sounds come out directly from my phone. He jumped, and I said, Oh, sorry, I don't know why, but my headphones disconnected. He looked away and sat in his place. And he didn't fall asleep again. I know it's rude, but I'd had enough, and I really had no place to move, so I think he did deserve it a bit. So, just as much as the bus experience is sometimes people taking up way too much space than they deserve, sometimes a part of the bus experience is somebody blasting their music unnecessarily out loud on their bare phone. Or, God forbid you have the boombox type person. Our next story is Generational Family Expectations. I was reminded of this incident of petty revenge by an Am I the Jerk post today about friends calling out a friend on fatherly duties, or lack of. My wife's parents are Italian, and if you don't know, it is a particularly patriarchal society when it comes to duties in the kitchen. The women are expected to cook, serve, and clean. The men just sit there and be served. This is a massive generalization, but it's relevant to the story. I come from another country that has its own family expectations but it isn't anything like this and i've always been taught to be progressive also important is that my italian was pretty poor at the time particularly with how fast italians speak to each other me and my wife moved to another country and invited my parents-in-law to do some traveling around the country we stayed at a hostel and brought food provisions after a pretty long day of sightseeing and moving around we were sitting at one of the communal areas just before dinner time My father-in-law said in Italian to my wife and mother-in-law that he was hungry, which was basically not particularly veiled instructions for them to start making dinner. Now, my wife doesn't take that crap anymore and starts arguing with him. If you've ever experienced a conversation between Italians, it's often not clear whether they're just being passionate or angry. So it wasn't unusual for them to be going off at each other. My wife's comments were basically, If you are hungry, you go make the food, and his response was, you are the woman, go make the food. This is where the petty revenge comes in. As my wife knows me like a book, she turns to me and says something to the degree of, I'm hungry, are you? I say yes, we have that pasta and sauce, I'll go start making it. You stay and chat with your parents and I start walking to the communal kitchen. This causes absolute panic in my father-in-law because I've done something unexpected. I don't know why, because I cooked regularly at home, and he gets up flustered, trying somewhat successfully to help me in the kitchen. When we all sit down to eat, my wife just said in Italian, Well, I guess men do cook, and he just sat sulking. I still didn't know what the freak was going on between them at this point, my wife told me later. He then made a point to carry and clean all the dishes and cutlery. Interestingly, it was the last time he did something like that with my wife, and in the last decade, he has really improved with his responsibilities in the kitchen with my mother-in-law. Yeah, I definitely disagree with following traditions like this just because it's part of the culture, it's traditional. As time goes on and you learn to love and support your partner, you, well, I would hope, learn to love and support your partner. Might be nice to have a housemaid, but that's kind of a service that you just actually pay for. Our next story is, Paper Plates exists for a reason. I used to have this boss who happens to be an extreme cheapskate. Being thrifty is good, but she takes the cake. I used to be an early childhood educator, and whenever my colleagues and I would request for new toys that can help with the child's development, she would always decline. Instead, she would bring in toys that used to belong to her children. These were in not good shape, some were broken, have missing parts and the like. She would just barge into our classrooms, enter without knocking, just to turn the fans and the lights off while we're still in the room. My colleagues and I would just shake our heads in disbelief. So during one of our activities, we brought our students together with their families to the beach for some water therapy. All was well, the activity went well, the activity lasted for a couple of hours, then the kids and their families went home, while the staff stayed to enjoy the rest of the day at the beach, just a little relaxation after a challenging week. We swam and when we were about to eat, she started complaining about how it was a waste and we should just cut it in half and save the other half for future use. My colleagues and I just exchanged looks and continued eating. I was the one who finished first because I lost my appetite and got in a bad mood. I waited for them to finish eating and I started cleaning up. Here's what I did. I washed the paper plates and placed them in front of her and said to her, I wash them so that we can still use them again before heading to the showers. Listen, I understand being frugal, but there's just a ridiculousness at some point, and I cannot lie, if I were one of the parents having my kids involved in this program, and I was able to catch any amount of wind of a person doing this, like, flipping their lid because paper plates are being used and it's such a waste or whatever, it would be giving me some second thoughts because I would be worried that, like, if they're skimming on paper plates, what are they doing as far as the education or care for my kid? Our next story is... He ate the dirt. Back about a decade ago, I was working two jobs, a weekday one where I was making doors and windows, and a weekend one where I was a paintball referee. At my week job, most of us were in our 20s. Me and this other guy, let's call him M, were the youngest, both at 21 and 23. I've always been small. Still today I'm like 5'10". M was at least 6'1" and big too. He trained and worked out and was probably a bully in high school. He always made fun of everyone not really bullying but still enough to be unpleasant to work with even though he was good at his job so one day another co-worker comes to me and he's like hey op that saturday we're planning to go play paintball at your work location think you can take a day off and play with us i'm like nah the schedule's already out and i work but you know what call back and ask for me as your referee i'll make y'all have an incredible time day comes they're in my group to manage I took a few more shots than usual, which I know that all the guys from the week job must have at least shot me on purpose at least once for craps and giggles. I still had an awesome day. Then came the end of the route. At our location, we had an enormous terrain where all groups spend the rest of the day at until they're out of munition and go back to the base camp. So before going there, I start talking to my group how I loved my day with them and how I wanted to give them a little treat by shooting me with a squad execution. Which consists of me standing alone, and they all shoot me one round at once, making me take forty to fifty rounds when there's forty to fifty players. It's a lot of adrenaline. I then see M's eyes glowing, grinning at the thought of shooting maybe two to three instead of only one. And I call him out, pointing at him. Except you, M, I'm challenging you. You're not man enough to join me. Cue a silence. I know he's starting to crap his pants. I say, and you know what? I'm even going to remove my bullet vest. I then remove my protective vest, leaving me with just usual paintball clothes. T-shirt, pants, gloves, scarf, boots, mask. The vest really does protect a lot. You feel a tap instead of a hurting snap with it. I could see the dread on his face, knowing all of our colleagues are now looking at his inflated ego being challenged. He couldn't refuse. Yeah, if you can do it, I sure can. His famous last words. We go outside, I explain how it works, red team shoots me, blue team shoots him, experience goes in, I place one arm around my neck, the other hand in front of my junk, and start counting. three, two, one, go. The moment lasted a few seconds at most. I shook it off, it's not my first time doing it. I start patting off some paint, I turn around and see him rolling on the floor moaning in pain. I go to him and offer my hand to help him get up and say loud so he and everyone hears, Look at that buddy, we made a man out of you. We finished the day, all was good. Everyone from the job patted me on the back saying he got what was coming to him and it was hilarious. Came Monday, he went to me saying how it was hilarious and he truly underestimated me. Big smile on his face. He stopped being a butt after that. I guess this guy had some sense of self-reflection, he was able to understand why OP did what they did, right? This guy could try to find a way to somehow double it up and send it OP's way to hurt them back, but they actually had a semblance of capability of being humble in them. Our next story is, mean note left in the cookie dough was never read. I come out looking like a champ. I guess this is the best place for this story, and I guess this is unconscious petty revenge. The best part of the story just happened a little while ago. I've been craving chocolate chip cookies and was on my way home from errands earlier this afternoon intending on making some. I could make them completely from scratch. I'm a darned good cook and baker, but I usually just buy the fridge rolls and an extra bag of chips and bake them, and they taste just as good in my opinion. No one ever complains when I hand them warm-out-of-the-oven chocolate chip cookies. I had planned on stopping on the way home and picking the supplies up when I remembered that I had some frozen cookie dough in the deep freezer. I discovered it a few nights ago while looking for something else in the freezer because the tub was at the very bottom. Yes, my freezer needs cleaning out. I bought the tub of cookie dough a year ago last spring during a high school fundraiser. My friend Sarah, mid-30s, has an older sister Julie, late 30s, with kids in high school. The proceeds from the fundraiser were to pay for a chorus trip that Julie's daughter went on over last summer, 2022. So despite me thinking that the cookie dough was far overpriced, I bought a bucket. Hey, I was a band kid, I remember those days. A couple of weeks later, I was at Sarah's house and Julie was there as well. I was in the process of selling one of my old vehicles and Julie's car had just died and she asked me how much I wanted for mine. I told her the price and she smiled a little smile and said, What's the sister of your friend's price? I laughed thinking it was a joke and told her it was the same price, that I needed to get that much out of the car and it was well worth the price I was asking. Julie then offered me half what I was asking in cash. I said no. She added another $100 and again I said no. Julie was no longer smiling and told me I was being greedy and benchy and everyone who sells cars barters and I should have started out higher if I wanted to get what I was asking. I don't barter. When I sell something, I sell it for the price I need to get. Eventually Julie got ticked when she saw I wasn't going to come off my price and called me greedy again told Sarah she had some crappy friends in front of me and left. I didn't hear from her or see her again for a few months. Sarah just rolled her eyes and told me to ignore Julie because she could be a real drama queen when she didn't get her way. The cookie dough orders arrived and I picked my bucket up from Sarah. As these things tend to go, I didn't want to make cookies at that moment, so I put the bucket in the deep freeze and promptly forgot about it. It eventually sunk to the bottom of the deep freeze as things got added, subtracted, and moved around. In the year and a half since then, I've been around Julie several times while hanging with Sarah. At first, she was very cold to me, but eventually she warmed back up. And while we are friendly, I wouldn't call us friends. I do, however, remember Sarah telling me about six or eight months ago that she was so proud and impressed with me that I could be the better person. I wasn't sure what she was talking about at the time, so I just said thanks. I got home about an hour ago and dug the bucket out of the freezer. Think a one gallon plastic ice cream bucket, but full of cookie dough. I pulled the top off, and inside the bucket, sitting on top, was the following note on a post-it. I hope you choke on it, Bench. I just sat and roared with laughter. This woman thought she was getting a dig into me and kept waiting for me to react for a year and a half all the while that little sticky note was sitting in that bucket in the bottom of my freezer. Meanwhile, my friend thinks I'm noble, so I'm thinking Julie confessed that she left the note at some point. No one has ever brought it up to me, and I don't plan on mentioning it again. Should someone mention it to me, I'll look them dead in the eyes and say, the cookies were the best I've ever had. And then I'm going to grin. Sometimes revenge is best served cold. And sometimes it's piping hot and melty delicious, as is the cookie I'm chewing on while typing this. I added walnuts and pecans to the dough, as well as extra chips. In the end, I got the last laugh. Oh yeah, and a day after she tried to cut me on the cost of my vehicle, a guy paid full price and said the tires alone were worth what I was asking. In this day and age, used cars are apparently going for way more than they used to a number of years before the pandemic. So if you're going to sell it, definitely get what it's worth on the market. And honestly, even if I did take that cookie dough home and opened it up and saw that note, I probably would have said nothing. If I experienced what OP experienced, looking at that note, I would think to myself, they're not even worth my time to worry about. I mean, I might bring it up to somebody and just laugh about it, but like, I'm not going to lose any sleep. This next story is Pitifully Petty Revenge my grandma never wanted to leave the home she'd shared with my grandpa and eventually required a live-in caregiver the first one she had eventually moved on and she was now being cared for at the age of 83 by a woman i'll call nancy i visited grandma a couple of times a week we lived in the same town and occasionally took her to my and husband's place for dinner by this time she had mild dementia so when she told us that nancy was abusive we weren't sure whether to believe her My uncle had hired Nancy and he assured me that all was well. Nancy was a Christian, and apparently a godly type, as she'd covered the walls with Christian paintings and quotes from the Bible. Grandma was insistent about the abuse, so we invited her to come live with us. It was after she moved in with us that we found out just how abusive Nancy had been. She was apparently afraid that Grandma would die on her, so she berated Grandma to do the exercises the doctor had suggested and more. When Grandma protested, Nancy said she'd wring Grandma's scrawny little neck if she didn't do her exercises. It took us several weeks to convince Grandma that she didn't have to do anything she didn't want to. When Grandma moved in with us, she had several bed sores, one of which went to the bone. We were able to get them to heal over the next 6 months but it took multiple treatments per day. She also had an untreated UTI and then when I went to refill Grandma's prescriptions I learned that Nancy had continued to refill her pain pills, opiates, after grandma moved out. Nancy was still living in grandma's house because my uncle didn't want to kick her out on the street. So I took matters into my own hands. I went to the house to get a few of grandma's things that she wanted while Nancy wasn't there. Then I created a large pentacle of masking tape in the living room and placed a partially burnt black candle in the center. Grandma had candles of every color, shape and odor. Then I left a note saying, I know what you've done, and if you don't move out within the week, I'll be back. And that was all it took. She was gone in two days. Honestly, it would be hard for me to not consider some kind of legal involvement when you find out that she's been filling grandma's pills still. I mean, she's clearly been popping these pills, right? Or, I don't know, what else you would do with them? Sell them. That's prescription fraud. And that's a very real crime. This next story is Embarrassed My Dad's Awful Wife by Pointing Out Facts This was years ago i was probably about 10 but it's still one of my favorite memories of this woman my dad's wife has always been the definition of horrible stepmom i met her as a toddler and even at that age she would do everything she could to make me feel unwanted by talking crap about me and my family she got worse over the years not getting into it but it was rough she always had to make sure i knew i wasn't wanted one day, we were at a party filled with people I never met, and they weren't family. I assume it was a coworkers or something. She had struck up a conversation and was bonding with someone new when I happened to hear her mention the number of kids she had. I corrected her, and she had to backtrack and say she was talking about the kids she birthed. The lady she was talking to noped out of there so quick. It was hilarious. I got into trouble, but considering I'm still laughing to this day, super worth it. When you know there's people like this out there who lie about all of these things all the time, it's hard not to want to call them out on it and expose them for being how they are. This next story is, customer said I'm unprofessional, so I made sure to follow company's procedures. A little background, I work in a call center of a bank. Every customer who calls us must answer a few verification questions, and if they hang up or answer wrong. We need to block their access to the call center assuming it was an attempt to use someone else's account then if they call again every employee will see that the access to call center is denied and to do anything with their account the caller has to personally go to the branch to unblock the access one time i was talking to a very rude customer who demanded everything done immediately i told him i would happily do everything he asks for but first he needs to answer the questions He started yelling even louder, called me names as well as saying I'm unprofessional and hung up, so I blocked all of his accesses. Now he will be forced to go to the branch to unblock it and only then will he be able to do what he wanted. And oops, he mentioned that he was abroad, couldn't go to the branch and that's why he called us. He thought I was unprofessional, so I made sure I did everything according to our procedures so he should be satisfied. My dear customer. Enjoy not being able to use your money for a long time. This story brings up terrible memories of my own issues with my own bank. I had recently got a credit card with them, I made a purchase with it to buy some tickets to a show in the near future, and they flagged it as suspicious and locked the card. So naturally I call them up to get the card unlocked and whatnot. They ask you all the basic stuff, your name, your phone number, your address, the numbers on the card themselves, even like the last 4 of your social. They go, okay, thank you, Mr. Blah, blah, blah. They transfer me three times. After I explain my issue, they ask me what number I want to send a verification code to to get it unlocked. So I give them the number that's been on my account for years with them, and they go, oh, sorry, because that phone number hasn't been on your card for 30 days, you cannot unlock it via verification over the phone. You have to go into a physical branch. The card itself had been opened for like 20 days. So just because the card wasn't 30 days old, Despite the fact that I have all of my information that you could possibly need, I would just have to wait a week and a half for no reason. I know that customer service person on the phone has nothing to do with these policies, it's not their fault, but man that was the closest I've ever been to just flipping a total bench at some random helpless worker. Our next story is, how about that subwoofer? I get coffee in the morning at a local coffee shop, there's no drive through, you have to walk in, order and wait for the coffee. At least once a week, I'm there at the same time as a total wingnut who obnoxiously leaves his car running with the door open, music blasting at full volume while he's inside getting coffee. His muffler rattles on every bass note. I've been tempted to bump his door with my hip, accidentally of course, to shut the door, but he looks like the kind of person who could become violent. Last week a deputy sheriff came into the shop, asked whose car it was, and told him to go out and shut the car door. The wingnut started to protest but that was cut off when the deputy said he'd cite him for some sort of noise-ordinance violation if he didn't do it. I'm sure someone had been calling the sheriff's office about him and complaining. The pettiness. This morning, while I was in line, the same sheriff's cruiser pulled in a couple of places down from him. The deputy got out, saw that the car was unoccupied, walked over, and shut the driver's door. Then the cruiser drove away. When I came out, the wingnut was stomping around, extremely agitated. Apparently, the deputy not only shut his door, but pushed the button to lock all the doors. The music was playing, loudly, inside, and the muffler was still rattling with the bass notes, and Wingnut's phone was inside the locked car. You gotta love in this day and age going back into that local coffee shop and saying, hey, can I use someone's phone? They're probably not going to let you use whatever business phone if they have one. And good luck getting somebody that's allowing you to use their smartphone. I bet this rattling jerk was probably there for quite some time. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another awesome revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.